Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell, and the silent singleton, Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation, WTF. Hey, stop that. I'm talking about the World Trumpet Federation. Shame on you for assuming the worst. Try to stay focused here so we can talk about the trumpet. The World Trumpet Federation is here and ready to help you with all of your trumpeting needs, teaching needs, and a whole bunch of other needs you don't even know you have that are going to make your trumpeting life better. Whether you're a jazz player, classical weenie, or your run-of-the-mill orchestra nerd, we've got the answers you need to move your career forward. You call that a career? So please come on over to worldtrumpetfederation.com and spend some time with us. And by the Messiah University Trumpet Studio. If you're the kind of player that wants to study trumpet within the context of a well-rounded musical experience, blended with the strength of a liberal arts education, then Messiah University may be the place for you. Housed in the incredible Calvin and Janet High Center for the Performing Arts, the Messiah University Department of Music is home to a variety of ensembles that trumpet players need to succeed. Orchestra, wind bands, brass choir, brass chamber music, jazz ensembles, and of course, the Messiah University Trumpet Ensemble that has been honored with appearances at the Pennsylvania Music Educators Association Conference, the International Trumpet Guild Conference, and the National Trumpet Competition. The studio has also been represented internationally by fine soloists who have advanced in a variety of competitions. If you want to know more about trumpet study at Messiah University, come on over and take a free lesson with me, check out the program, and we can talk. Simply send an email to wstoman at messiah.edu. That's W-S-T-O-W-M-A-N at messiah.edu. The Open Bell Podcast is comprised of three segments, warming up a couple things, and no offense. We use these segments to suggest, share, and never suppress information that we believe is significant to Sassy Trumpet Syndicates. Gentlemen, shall we? Each week, Warming Up is brought to you by Chop Saver, that perfect all-natural lip treatment created by the one and only distinguished Dan Gosling. So go on over to ChopSaver.com and order yours today. Chop Saver is a great stocking stuffer. Speaking of stuffy, hey, Brian. (laughs) Hey, that's my old tone. (laughs) Or as you refer to it, your sound. My sound. (laughs) And you like the way you sound. That's right. So I want to depart from my cornet discussions and see what? if i can co-opt joey Lies. into talking about what? this hold on Lies. i i just had to do my christmas shopping this morning for the christmas meal can we talk about how terrible the christmas shopping the shopping etiquette is look if your name is karen and not our karen nobody wants your oh, husband gosh. who's never been in the grocery store to accompany you he has no idea where he's going and he's blocking every lane and then also if you're doing the shopping for your family how about just not doing loops, right? Can we talk about this a little bit, Joey? I know you have wow. some opinions on this. I he's, know you're going to be rules. shocked. Uh, I, I have strong feelings. Now, <laughs> <laughs> we're on the same page totally on this, too. This this might uh, get me in trouble at home. As You guys know my wife well. And my wife and I both shop well. But when we put us together, we are way less than the sum of our parts. (laughs) So we have tried grocery shopping together, and it it leads to frustration for both of us because, well, I'm doing it right and she's not. Here are the rules. You go in. You get your cart. You start at one end of the, the grocery store. You go up and down each aisle and all the way to the other end. Then you check out and leave. That's it. This is not hard. It's not hard. Yeah. So if you if you are getting up one aisle and down another aisle and then say, oh, well, maybe I'll just wander back around. No, 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 no. <laughs> you are doing it wrong. It's so you, not allowed. You, you guys actually liked what happened during the pandemic then with all the arrows on the floor. Oh, that was awesome. This is the way it's right? supposed to be. I don't yeah, know how yeah. people weren't shopping like this already. What if you forget something and you got to double back? Then you no, have you lost lose your it. chance. You've lost it. That's You've why you make a chance. list. You yeah, know you the have store. Your list. Right. You, you make a list, know your store, and go. Yeah. I mean, it's just not that difficult. It drives me absolutely insane. This lady like bumped into me three different times because she's doing circles through the store. Right? right. I'm like, what are you doing here now? I have like, actually said to people that are standing. Listen, I know sometimes you're looking and you, oh, where is it? And can't find stuff. Right. And, and that's fine. And you guys know I'm not patient to start with. But I understand it <laughs> might take some people some time. 
but the people who are standing in the middle of uh, of the uh, aisle with their cart looking at their phones i have said to them this is a bad place to to wait <laughs> I like wow that. you actually so wait this is what i was going to ask brian you've actually confronted the people then who are breaking the rules in the grocery store well when when there were line when there were arrows and people were doing the wrong direction at the beginning of the pandemic yeah i i did i was like no this is a one-way aisle now i don't know what you're doing and so they would turn around and go the other way but yeah. joey you're confronting them about the phone i will confront them if they are not shopping and they are taking up space yes <laughs> i have said this is a bad what? place to stand and wait <laughs> you guys i i just say that and very kind of curtly you know, right. Because there are lots of people trying to get up and down these aisles and there's not right. enough room to start with. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I will tell them it's a bad place. And now the other frustration I have now is, of course, the online shopping thing has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. So oh, now yes. there are stores that have these enormous, like almost trucks that people right. are doing their online shopping, putting together shopping that they you. will just leave in the middle right. of the thing while they go and, get stuff. And I, move I, might, I move those out of my way. I move those too. I might like suggest, I was trying to get given some... the stress level that this is bringing, you both just engage in that. You don't, don't even have to go in the store anymore. I think it'd <laughs> no, be healthy for no, both of you. No, here's the problem with that. Here's the problem. I have thought about this. I like the idea of it. But one, I'd like to pick my own produce. And two, yeah. if your stuff is not available, they will either do nothing or make a, their choice of substitution, neither of which I'm happy with. Right. Yep, so that's not, it's not okay. For, it doesn't work for me. Why, not, why so, don't you go in and shop for your own produce and let them do the rest? Well, because, again, there might be substitutions <laughs> that are unacceptable. But the other part, yeah, so there are large carts. I, I just, was it just yesterday or two days ago, I pull around the aisle to get some paste picante sauce, which everyone should always have in the house because it's the best stuff out there. I have There's a question a about that, too. Covering all of the paste products. So there was no person in you know sight. You got to move it. So I just m very easily right. pushed it all the way out of the way so I could get to where I'm going. But that's just rude. Yes. But what if you moved it in front of, like, let's say the Tostitos chips, which someone else needed to, to get? I'm saying that the person who is in charge of that shouldn't leave it unattended while other people <laughs> are shopping. Right. <laughs> all right, Brian, what is your question about exactly. Pace? Because we got to move on here. So Pace is no longer available in New Jersey, in my local shop, right? It's another reason not to live in New Jersey. Yeah, it's amazing. However, you can get TX. You can get TX. I think that's a good trade-off. <laughs> it's a reasonable trade. <laughs> I, I did a big pain gig in Missouri last week and bought TX. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's available in Missouri. Made in Dallas. If you don't know what we're talking about, just go check it out. Yeah. But I think I would take that over the pace. No. I'm just saying. No, no, no. I don't think so. I'm no, really so missing the pace. Oh. I would choose pace over TX. It's been pandemic induced. They, I was like, "Where is it?" And the guy's like, he looks up on his on his thing, and he's like, "Yeah, we can't get that right I can't now. Get that anymore? <laughs> you can't get there from here." They're doing a ten million dollar renovation of our no local shop, so everything's in a different place every week. That's a bit frustrating, also. But I'm looking forward to when it's. Does the renovation in, uh, involve arrows on the floor again? One way signs? No. <laughs> it should. They're well, not doing that. They're it doing. Should, they're doing it wrong. Okay. All right, Joey, what do you got for us? Well, I, I know we don't often like to beat a dead horse until it's dead and then it kill comes. it again. Right. But we're going to. We don't. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's one we, we we beat pretty soundly last week. We received an email. I'd like to read you the email. Oh, boy. Dear Open Bell. That should be Dear The Open Bell. That should be capitalized. I'll fix that. Right. I don't know if you know this, but one of the founders of the Iditarod is a serious <laughs> trumpet player and musician. Oh, fantastic. Now, that did not show up in my research. <laughs> See, this is why we have our, our, our good listeners. He oh, is the director fantastic. of the Matsu Community Band and a fabulous musician. Oh, His fantastic. name is Glio Hyuk. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm sorry if I'm not. Right. Uh, uh, surprisingly, well, when... he is also a graduate of Ball State University in Indiana. Fantastic. Wow. That's oh from that's from uh, Will Rabin. Will is a, a doctoral student of mine right here, right now, and also the trumpet instructor at DePaul University in Greencastle yeah. right now. Oh, so thanks, thanks, thanks to Will for that information. Yeah, thanks, Will. Well, when we go <laughs> to Alaska to, uh, you know, to make our appearance, which I'm sure is the invitation is just uh, Don't impending. we have to play with this band? We've got to play with that oh. band, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking <gasps> we're doing Bugler's Holiday with this band. I'm not I'm playing on third. third. I'm not I'm playing third. No, I'm, I'm on right third. Now. We've agreed on that. I can't play third. No, have I'm you, doing you've third. never played third. Exactly. We've talked it's about harder than, It's harder than you think. Uh, I agree. First is always the easy part. That's why I, I like playing I, it. I want you to have that moment of someone should be, oh. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, someone didn't come in. Okay, okay. I do have I do have the arrangement for us. We should get that. We should do the recording. Yeah. Okay. I think we put this Alaska trip together. All right. I think we keep screwing up with the Iditarod. They're going to have us up there. I think we now, we didn't know that we knew enough people to have the contact. Yeah. I think we're ready. No, I think we're good. We yeah. should good. go. All oh, right. So, Bill, what do, you, what do you have for well, us today? I, hey, I'm, I'm excited. I, I got Christmas Eve gigs coming up. All right. Which I'm very excited about. Afternoon thing, and I'm playing Midnight Mass, which I really enjoy doing that. So, I'm going to do that. But that's not what I wanted to talk about today. And then, hold on, hold on, hold on. You did just talk about it. Well, I just I mentioned that I I wasn't <laughs> going to talk about talking? it. Talking? No, I don't think it is. Not talking. How do you mention something without talking? I, want I just you to wanted to say that. I didn't want to spend a lot of time on it. I just but wanted that to is throw it talking. Out there. I, well, of course, everything we're doing is talking. It's right. a podcast. But you just said I didn't right. want to talk about it after talking no, about it. I didn't want to, which is why. But you did. I'm moving You're the on. one that did. Someone make you. <laughs> I'm was, moving on. I, you're spending more time on it than I wanted to. No, I'm spending more time well, on just the like discussion this. Like, of what talking look, and mentioning is. Like, I'm in the process of recording some of my etudes right now, my studies, but I don't want to talk about that either. You I want to move did. on to this. Well, I've just mentioned it. That's I'm talking. I'm not going to spend time on it. You, you just did. I think it's different. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> what I wanted to talk about was a more personal thing. Uh, I... And, and I did post this, but I, I went over 5,000 miles on my new bike. Oh, wow. Yesterday. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. No. Yeah. So where are you now? 5,005. No, I mean, like, you know, that's a long way from home. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I actually did. That's interesting. I need are to do the in, math on you, that. You, like, that's around the world of you know, a time and a half. Yeah, I got to figure that out. I got to figure out how far I would have ridden had I just left going in one direction. You'd be out in the probably in the middle of the pacific right right yeah exactly. i would think so right <laughs> if you drove maybe. if you went due west from your house <laughs> well due east is a much shorter trip unless how many well, miles you, is it to yorkshire maybe how I many do miles to yorkshire? That. you you might be in eastern europe right now <laughs> <laughs> i thought anyway, you were still in pennsylvania but five thousand miles that 5, is a miles. long way it's a long way off yet i'm still here for the podcast this morning how many days of riding was that uh it was 212 rides Nice. Yeah, because I got the bike last summer, and, the, and that's when I got the new computer, too. And boom, there you go. That is awesome. Yeah. Crazy. 5,000 right? miles. That's 5, a lot of miles. miles. It's a lot of thinking. That, that's a lot of miles. You might need some, some of those. Were Joey, some Joey was wheels. bitching at you. Yeah, I need new. He was. <laughs> that's because you time. were lying to me. <laughs> some of those I wasn't miles. lying. I you just did. didn't think it was that important that you knew exactly I, where we were going. I asked a question. You gave me an answer. <laughs> the answer was not true. That's the definition of lying. <laughs> I think it was more a sin of omission. I just didn't mention where we were going. No, I, I said, how far are we going? And you said about 10 miles. Well, and it's at, about. At, and at at eight miles, we we're still heading but look, directly going the away wrong direction. From where we started. We were doing a loop, and look in the context of five thousand miles, ten miles is not a that's a you know a, not a lot. Yeah, but Around I have not year. ridden five thousand miles. Right, you will have soon. <laughs> soon, run that odometer. Exactly. All right, boys. Listen, I'm really excited because I have a new game for us today. A new game? Oh no! Mm-hmm. Is there a card? <laughs> you should have gotten the cards in your check email. your check your email. I didn't get a card. That's right, because there's no card. There's no card. But, you know, maybe maybe it's my Italian heritage, or maybe it's just my small-town upbringing, but I really think of you guys as family. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't <laughs> like where this is going Mia at all. Mia familia. And so I thought, what a better way Sounds to express like my joy idea. over that than with a nice, friendly game of Family Feud. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, it's going to be a little bit, obviously, modified because you didn't bring your families with you, no teams. So we're just, ultimately, you're just going to try to get the most popular answer. Two of my daughters have are really, they really want to be on the podcast. So maybe they we want, can set yeah, up a family feud. We might be able to do that. I have, I have said to my youngest daughter, oh, you know, listen, we're, we're going to be doing the podcast that day. And she goes, oh, the podcast, I'm not allowed to be on that one? That's the one you're talking about? <laughs> I think nice. you keep going with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, All that's right. exactly are, are you, the one. Are you ready? So I'm going to ask the question. Okay. You guys might want to get your buzzers ready because Family Feud does involve. No, hold on a second. Buzzer. You said we're going to have to get us the most popular answer. How do you know what the most popular answer is? Well, as always, I have done extensive research. <laughs> oh, I need so to go you're get just my guessing. buzzer. 
Do we? No, I need to go get I, my I went, buzzer. I went to a website <laughs> that had family. It. You seriously, Brian doesn't have his buzzer. I went to a website that had Family Feud questions, and I used that as a for some of these questions, right? And mm-hmm. then I sort of used that as a template for other questions where I went looking for you know that's more musical instrument kind of stuff and more trumpet stuff. And I didn't make up any of it. Okay, I might have made up some of it. I was, yeah, you made up at least some of it. I made up a couple things, but there's nothing on here about brass bands. So I have a chance. You have a shot. There's <laughs> so no brass so band what, you're, what you're saying is <laughs> there's still a chance. There's no, there's no chance that there's a brass band question. I just looked again and there's nothing on there. All right, are we ready? We're yes. ready. Excellent. Question one During the Iditarod. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That's not question one. (laughs) But I had to do it. All right. (laughs) Question one. At what age do people usually learn to play their first musical instrument? Oh. Um. Joey. All right. See, I think we default to brass, so I think we're going to have to think younger, because most people, when they start, they'll start on piano or like a string instrument. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with four. Oh, interesting, Brian. Four. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say seven. Now I'm gonna have to do the math. Brian is actually closer. Ten is the number one answer. No, it's not. It is. <laughs> That's not true. Five is the number two answer. That doesn't make any sense. I, I don't know. Anyway, ten is the number one answer. All right. That's what yeah. I would have said for All band. Right. But when you think about the number of kids that start strings and piano and recorder, right. like in yeah. elementary school, that doesn't count. I don't know. This is the no. answer from this is from the Family Feud website. Um, this is garbage. <laughs> hey, at least it's not Naxos. All right, question two. Oh, look at that. Name a classical composer that most people know about. I'm going to go with Bach. Mm-hmm. Brian? Uh, Mozart. Brian? <laughs> Mozart is Come the answer. On. Bach is third, actually. <laughs> no, it goes but Mozart, Mozart wrote terrible trumpet parts. We don't put him up here on this podcast. <laughs> Mozart, Beethoven, Bach. Okay, so terrible trumpet parts, timpani trumpet parts, and great trumpet parts. Which one and are you going to choose? And Chike was fourth. Also great trumpet but parts. But you have to think. See, you're overthinking it, which is shocking. You, <laughs> you just got to go. It said what most people know about. But I would most think people. most people think Bach. Bam, right off the bat. Well, I would, but you know, but Mozart. It's that, it's that Amadeus movie. Isn't so that, it? Yeah, that and the baby Mozart, hi ho Mozart, baby music thing, all kinds of stuff. Baby Einstein? Wasn't that a thing? Uh, was, there's other stuff. Anyway. He wasn't a composer. All right. Question three Brian in the Glee coming out strong on Patton Family Clark. Feud. <laughs> Amazing. Question three Name a musical instrument made out of wood. Oh, it's close, but Joey? Oh, I'm in first? Oh, yeah. oh, wait, this is what normal people would say? Here we go. Guitar. You're on, he's on to it. Brian? Violin. Yeah, guitar is the number one answer. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're getting somewhere. See, now you're thinking by not thinking. <laughs> by thinking, I'm actually double overthinking. You're double. <laughs> he's thinking, what would my answer be? That's wrong. What would the normal person answer? No, that's that's right. What I'm actually thinking is, what am I thinking? Which is correct. Now, what do they really want to hear? Which is wrong. That's what I'm thinking. There you go. <laughs> You're essentially exactly right. playing piccolo trumpet on a C trumpet part by reading in a bass clef and transposing it. <laughs> correct. <laughs> That's exactly Ouch. what I'm doing. Mel right. Broyles taught me that. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah. He absolutely That's the did. way to go. Just read it read, bass clef and Read it bass clef and add three flats. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh my God. What? <laughs> okay, question four. Name something you don't want to find in your trumpet case. That There's no way that's a family feud question. <laughs> it's not. I made uh, it up. A cornet to trumpet mouthpiece adapter. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great answer. That's a great answer. <laughs> that is a great answer. <laughs> that's a number two answer. That's yeah, the that's, number one that's answer. That's down the list. No, no, no. Um, that's got to be number one. It's not number one. Rocketing you know it. to number one. Brian? <laughs> a peanut butter sandwich. That's a terrible answer. Neither, no, that's a great, I would list. love to have one of those. Yeah. You want to go around again? Well, the, I would get closer, right? I hit the list. You, you weren't. It's That's not on the list. All right. Read the question again. Name something you don't want to find in your trumpet case. Uh, a cornet. <laughs> also not on, not on the list. Come on. That's got to be on the list. Two X's. A flute. 
No. All right. Here's the number one answer: a box seven C. Oh, of course it is. Oh, we fair. totally folded that's on fair. that. We folded. Fair. People answer, dropped their phones because second of that. most popular answer with the uh, the people that I that did our survey. <clears throat> uh, mutes with stickers. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Three was a compression training system. <laughs> Shots fired. Four was a breathing bag, and five was <laughs> another seven C. <laughs> Another seven C. A backup seven C. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, well, you guys folded on that. We, we yeah. absolutely folded on that. Totally folded. Yet yeah, we still Missed delivered the information. Yeah. Some things I didn't want to talk about, so we're going to move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> question five. Name the world's best-selling candy bar. Joey. Wait, World. Oh crap! I love it. He chimes in, and I had, still thinking. No, I, I had the answer, but then I thought more thoughts were coming United, before he. That was the United States, it. but not world. No, I'm still going to go with the with the Hershey bar. Interesting, Brian. Uh, no way. It's a. Um, it's then. It's a. It's not a kind of bar. It's a. You said. You said candy bar, right? A candy bar, right? Mars bar. No, come on. No, neither Mars one. Mars isn't right. even the top one in New Jersey. <laughs> I found that well, you can't even get them in New Jersey anymore. Right. No. Is it a Cadbury yeah. bar? Cadbury's on the list, but it's actually fifth. Okay. So the number one worldwide, Snickers. Really? See, that was going to be my first guess until I yeah. thought, wait a minute, worldwide, that's until you United overthought States. it. Not I, I, a trend. I triple overthought that one. That's the problem. <laughs> I should have stopped it too, and I would have said Snickers. <laughs> Now you're playing a C part on E flat, <laughs> reading it in bass clef, yeah. down a third. Okay, uh, second was Reese's Cups. That's not a third, candy bar. Third was Re Toblerone. Reese's, Reese's it, Cups it, aren't candy bars. That it's. I'm telling you what was on the thing. But it's not a candy bar. They're cups. It says it right it's in the a, name. It's a, it's a candy bar. It's Come on. candy, but it's not a candy it's bar. It's shaped like a cup. It's still a candy bar. It's not. It's shaped like a cup because it's a cup. All right. Third, Toblerone. Ah, there we okay. go. The triangle yep. stuff. Does that count? It's a triangle. But it's a, in the shape it's of a bar. It's all attached, yeah. So what makes it a bar? That it's one piece? Yes, that's what a bar is. Wow. <laughs> Fourth was the dove bar. Okay, okay and I would never would have gotten to that. No. Neither would I. And last was the Cadbury and Dairy Milk bar. Yeah, that's a good right. bar. Isn't the Cadbury yeah. people do good work. They do. They're yeah, British. They do. Look at those, those Brits. Yeah. There it is. All right, question six. Name a famous trumpet player under six feet tall. Wow, Joey. Wait, now is this an actual thing or one you made up? No, I looked this up. Actually, Elliot did, but Wynton Marcellus. <laughs> what? Wynton Marcellus. Famous I would never have guessed Wynton Marcellus being under six feet tall. He's tiny. Brian? He, he's like two feet tall. Maurice Andre. Jazz trumpet player. Chris Bode. Oh, jazz trumpet player. Don't count the, you know, the toot suite. Um, Chris Bode. No. He's under six feet tall. These are not. I actually looked these up, but he's uh, not on the list. You and said when, jazz people not know. Winton is over six feet tall. No, he's not. He's six feet tall. No, he's not. The internet says he's six two. I know he's his six baseball card says. His I've baseball my, card says. No, yeah, I've I, stood next to Winton. He is nowhere near six feet tall. Dude, you're taller than everyone. I've stood next to Winton, and we're about the same height. No. Yeah. There's I no do, way. Do you want to know that you're not going to find anything other than some people guessing at it? He apparently keeps it's apparently a big secret. It'd be easier to find out how tall James Moore is than it would be to find out how tall Wynton Marsalis is. All right. So what is your contention here? Because there is no way that he's six feet All right, tall. It that's I'm saying that he's six two. <laughs> yeah, well, we know he's not six two. All right, do you want to know what the top answers are or not? Uh sure. Okay. Number one answer, Louis Armstrong was five six. Really? Yeah. Wow. Miles Davis was 5'7". Sure. Clifford Brown was 5'9". Yeah. Now, for reference, I think Winton is 6 feet tall and Jesus no. was 5'5". Five five. <laughs> I found that out, not too. 6 feet tall. I did research on all Winton, that. I'm, I'm telling tall. you right now, Winton is not 6 feet tall. Okay. Well, that's good because he's... I mean, either way, he's not on the list. You should have said Lewis. I think Lewis Armstrong might emerge here as the number one answer to any famous trumpet thing question but you yeah that's i a was good thinking point. present tense so you overthought it <laughs> oh. again that's what this should be called overthinking feud 
not family feud. All right, question seven. Another word for missing a note on the trumpet. Joey. What is clam? Mm -hmm. Brian. What is a chip? Oh, chip is the number two answer. Clam is the number three answer. Number one answer? Frack. Oh, yes. Mm. Of course it is. And number five answer? Split. What was number four? Uh, sorry, four was split. There's okay. no five. There's top four. So you can't count. I can't count, but I can do research. And in this case, you I can make, make stuff up. up. I totally made this up. <laughs> research. There's years of research in the works here. All right. Question eight. Name something a trumpet player might keep in their car. A... Yes, overthinker. A tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> might keep in their car. I stand you, by it. You gig monster. <laughs> <laughs> Joey's got it all in there. Anything he might need. Yeah, I'll be there in 10 minutes. <laughs> you never know when an orchestra might need somebody. <laughs> Good Lord. Are you going to be home for dinner? I'm driving to St. Louis right now. What about your tux? It's in the car. It's in the car. Where else would you keep it? I keep it in the car. Uh, Brian, would you take a stab it's at funny. this? Uh, a mouthpiece. Extra mouthpiece is the number one answer. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> number two answer, chop saver. That should be well, in yeah, your pocket, not in your car. Number three, an extra trumpet. No offense to anyone. Or number four, a case with no trumpet in it. <laughs> or, in the, or in the case of, of Dr. Belk, an empty trunk. <laughs> an empty trunk. Uh, number five, a tie. So, Joey, you were yeah. close. A tie. Yeah. And uh, six is a Pete. <laughs> Maybe she keep that trumpet like, player. Like, like Pete Bond? Car. You, do you no, keep Pete Bond in your car? <laughs> P dot, E dot, T dot, E dot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got to go all, right. all the way up to New Mexico to get a Pete Bond now. Now you yes, do. Yes, you do. Yeah. All right, question nine. Name something you do when you hang out with friends. No offense to you personally, Brian. I can't answer this question. <laughs> Joey? Talk about anyone who is not there. That's the number four answer. Brian, you want to guess? Uh, what happens? You know what? Nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> Brian does not have FOMO. The fear of missing out. He has Jomo, the joy of missing out. That's right. He absolutely has Jomo. Totally. Brian, you want to guess? Because there's three more, three more things you could have. I'm gonna go what, how about, still how about beat eating? Joey. Yeah, drinking and eating. Okay, drinking adult beverages is the number one answer. Yeah. Eating food was number two. Three, talking about the trumpet, and four, asking where Brian is. So Joey, <laughs> that's there that's is. where you get credit for talking about whoever's not. I'll there. take it. I'll take All the right. credit. All right, the last one. Question number ten. What? Now, Joey, I'm just please don't overthink this. Too late. Right? I'm and already. Allow, I'm already past it. And don't allow your personal bias to come into this because Joey has his guess. It's gonna going to make you angry. I'm already halfway there. All right, number ten. <laughs> Name the world's most popular fast food. Joey. McDonald's. Brian. Fish and chips. <laughs> Unbelievable. It is McDonald's. Now, do you want to guess? McDonald's actually holds the top three spots on the world's most popular fast food. Sure. Yeah. I didn't Number have one, to overthink that. I know that. No. The fries. Number two is the yep. Big Mac. Number three is the Happy Meal. Sure. Then you move kids, on you to get those kids in there. Right. Move on to KFC. Yeah. Then Subway, then Pizza Hut, pepperoni pizza, and then Chick-fil-A. Yeah, except on wow. Sundays where you can't go there. Right. Which is probably the reason they're fifth. Yeah. They lose yeah, yeah one what fourteen percent of their business that way. Wow. Still seem to be doing okay. <laughs> yeah, I think they're doing fine. Uh, their CEO is a trumpet player as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, who's been very generous. Actually, was when when NTC was in Georgia, they were incredibly supportive. In fact, they were the reason that Chris was there. Chris Bowie. There you go. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. All right, boys. There you go. Wow. One round of Family Feud. All right, time for a couple things. We don't want to wish our time away, but before we know it, school will be back in session and it will be time for those second semester auditions, grad school auditions, and lots of other auditions. So this episode is devoted to that process with the hopes of giving our listeners some things to consider in order to have successful auditions. Here we go, boys. This seems so simple. 
I, and I, I guess we haven't really talked about it in the past. We no. talked last week about downtime, and Brian, I think you put this very well. The secret is there is no downtime, <laughs> no downtime. which I like a lot. But, you know, if you're not in school and you're getting ready for your school auditions, boy, you've got you've got so much time to set up for, right? Yeah. Like, this is the time. You've got the time. You've got the music. You know, if you're getting ready for grad school auditions, if there are gigs coming up or uh, auditions coming up for gigs that you want, this is the time. You yeah. know, very, very, very rarely uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's is busy with gigs, although I am going to head up to Chicago to play a couple of uh, rescheduled <laughs> Christmas concerts, which should be a lot of fun. But this is the time, right? So, you know, it's very simple. I think this is very simple. One, you have to realize what do you have to do in an audition? And we've talked about this before. You have to do two things. You have to play the trumpet fundamentally well. you got to play the trumpet great. So you can't ignore all of the regular practice that you should be doing. And this right. is a big mistake that I think a lot of people make. Okay, now I'm, I've got an audition, so I'm just going to work on my audition music. And they, they kind of you know, get better at facilitating those notes and get worse at playing the instrument. <laughs> you know, So this is, a, you, know, you have to play the trumpet fundament fundamentally well. So all the regular practice stuff stays. And now you've got music to work on, right? So this is in addition to that other practice. And you got to set it out. Now, there are lots of ways we can go about that, and I think we should talk about those. But mm -hmm. from, the, from the big picture, all the normal practice rules apply here, and you want to be thinking about practicing auditioning. So I actually I want to start, normally I like to start at the beginning. I want to start at the end. Right. When you're, you know, I, I think there should be a time with friends, family, people you trust that you set up, and if it's going to be, I know exactly what the audition is. Like, I'm going to play these five things in this order. Then you say, okay, I'm going to play my audition for you. Will you listen to this? Boom. And have people in the room that you trust listen to your audition. Record it in that order. Or if it's something more like a, an orchestra audition or maybe a school audition where it might be, well, I'm going to start with this and I don't know where I'm going to go. Have people run you through that process. Yeah. I think this is the part people don't do. So I wanted to start with what I think people don't normally do. So, you know, uh, you know make here's my list. I'm going to come do an audition. You're in charge. And you give somebody else the list and walk and say, well, great. Nice to meet you. I'd like you to start with and have them just take you through in random order or like an orchestra audition. of, Okay. Mm -hmm. I want to hear these, these, here's your first round. Play me these five and take you through the process of what you're actually going to do. What do you guys think of this? I, oh yeah. That's, yeah, that's it. Like I, I'm same with me. I have that at the end of my notes for today. Right. right. That's 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 the end. That's what I wanted to start. But there I, think, I think no, we're I do think the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's a great place to start because ultimately you want to know what that end goal is and then you want to work back. Um, yeah. Brian, go ahead. You want to talk about that first and then we'll we'll loop back around. Yeah. And I think um, don't lose sight of the fact that you don't have to have people local now. Right. You can you can log on to Zoom and and with a good setup and a, a nice mic they can get a very real idea of what you're, what you're doing um, in a way that just wasn't possible before. So um, yeah, if you have a friend who's gone back home across the country, you can still be in contact and play, play for them. Um, I think it is important to play for people. That's a very different experience than, uh, than in your practice room. Um, but I think um, kind of super basic level, um, the first thing that a committee is listening for um, is sound, right? Do you have a sound that they like? And then if you think about what an audition list looks like, um, it depends on what it's for, but um, think about the list that you have for your ensembles for the spring semester. The conductor and the brass faculty probably have an idea of why they want to hear each of those excerpts. You can probably figure out why that might be. Um, something's right. going to show off your sound. Something's going to show off your technique. Um, but sound is the most important. Um, the next two um, are pitch and time. So before you think about making a grand musical gesture, um, really sound, pitch, and time <laughs> are, are, are crucial um, to what they're listening for. You know, I've been on committees. People will tap on the table um, to keep time. People have metronomes there. They'll tap in the time in the metronome to make sure you're, you're close um, to the marked tempos. I think that's uh, super important. Um, and, you know, people are listening, if you're auditioning for an orchestra, they're listening for, um, can you, are you going to fit in the section? Are you flexible? Can, can do you set up pitch, um, in a way that they can 
they can relate. Um, you're usually in a space where the sound is echoing around. Um, and so if you're playing Leonore and you don't play your major triad in tune, you know, your fifth a little bit high, your third a little bit low, um, that's going to ring in the hall and people are going to hear that. Um, that's why it's there. Right. Yeah. Um, if, if I could, let me back up a little bit, kind of zoom out on this. One of the first things that I have is this sounds kind of mundane and what we're talking about now, but know that like be organized, right? Like know that, know the deadlines, <laughs> like right. Working back, yes. know when it is, know the list. And, and I love Brian's idea because I, I do this too. I, I look at an audition list that someone brings in and I go, oh, they're looking for this or oh, they're using this to hear that or they want to make yeah. sure that you can do these things. But know that list, but it sounds kind of crazy, but know the dates and times. And and it's okay to number backward in your calendar. Now, you know, I, you can do this with a paper calendar. I'm not sure how you guys do this, but uh, <laughs> like I might actually even number backward, you know, how many sessions or how many lessons you have before before this hits, you know, before the thing happens. But I think, you know, setting that, knowing that list in every way that we're talking about is the most important thing to do up front. Well, there's, there's the reality I think students deal with often. Um, I mean, even something as basic as learning a solo or an, or an etude, you know, if you want to learn an etude in a week, you, you have this many lines of music. So if it takes you, you know, it takes you 30 minutes to learn two lines of music, well, you can, you know, if you have 14 <laughs> lines to learn, I mean, it's pretty simple math. Uh, unless you never think about that and then it's impossible math right <laughs> right trying to learn everything at once <laughs> well i do think that's what happens a lot the idea of how to set up your calendar is very good yeah you should have mapped out here's when my audition is here's when these happen and know what you're working towards because then you can very easily see you know i don't think it takes a, a rocket scientist or even numbering backwards to know what oh that's three weeks from now. Right. So if I blow off a week, I've lost a third of my time. I, you know, I think that's pretty right. easy. And I think that's what happens a lot. We see this a lot as teachers where we have sometimes those students that come in that clearly have gone, well, yeah, I'll take care of this in a couple of days. And then a couple of days gets pushed off and then they're walking in almost trying to sight read their lesson. And if you try and do this <laughs> on your ensemble auditions, your grad school auditions, it's just most likely not going to go well. Right. So, I mean, think back to when you, you were a little kid getting ready for anything you were excited about and you might count down the number of sleeps, right? Mm -hmm. Like how, how many right. sleeps until <laughs> right. birthday time, right. Christmas time, yeah. New Year's time, whatever you're excited about. You know, and think about that's what you've got until your audition. And that might put, you might, that might be some pressure inducing, but I want you to look at it as a positive of that's what I'm working toward, not for a fear factor, but from an idea of that, that's how much time I have to get all this stuff together. Yeah. Well, I think what it does is it, it puts you in a position to really know the stuff. If you set a target a week before that you're going to play through the audition, that you're going to be able to just play the entire audition a week before the thing actually hits, that puts you in a different place. It puts you in that place where you can, you know, really like you could be bored with the material by then. That's a really great sign. Mm -hmm. You know, which is better than, you know, kind of knowing it and what does Brian say, sprinkling it with hope, you know, that <laughs> right. well, if I have a good day, this will happen. Everything you know, has to go right. If in order the planets to align, I will have this, this will happen. But I think working backwards from the goal is the, is the, in every way is the way uh, to go. Absolutely. And you know, based on that, what I say to my students a lot is, you know, I'm a pessimist. So what I want to do is get to a place where the worst I'm going to play is going to have people say, yeah, that sounds very, very good. Like that's, that's where I want to get to. Right. So when you're yeah. working on your audition stuff, right. Hoping uh, if everything goes right, this, I, you know, I might just win this job. No, 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 no. Mm. If everything goes wrong, I want to still be in contention for this yes. job is where you want to be. Right. Right. You got to build it. You got to build it that way, which gets to then the nuts and bolts of how do you put all these things together? Right. And being ruthlessly honest with yourself, I think is, is super important. And if you're going to fly to an audition and spring for the money to pay for a hotel room and food and a plane ticket, like you should really be ready to do that. Like you should yes. have no, no questions in your mind. Exactly. I watched a lot of folks in grad school, maxing out credit cards, traveling all over the place, taking yeah. auditions and man, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. You, know, you should, it's a you, lot. you should consider, you know, the work you're doing to make that worth it. You should know that, you know, you're putting your best, you know, your best product out there. If you're right. going to make that kind of investment, because I will say, I'm, you know, uh, here and I, we don't do pre-screenings here at IU for trumpet. We do, uh, they do on some of the other instruments because we want to hear these people in person. Um, 
But there are a couple every year where we say, maybe that's why we should pre-screen. If we see somebody mm-hmm. fly in here uh, with a mm-hmm. parent, which means a hotel room and a rental car, and it's a large expense, and then they walk in, and within 30 seconds we know, oh, that student's never coming to this school. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And boy, I, I think two things. I mean, if it's a grad school audition, that student should know. Undergrad, sometimes I'm thinking, boy, I wish there was someone in that saying, you know what, I, maybe you want to think about you know, getting some, some good advice there. Because we certainly do hear a lot of great students as well. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. you want to, you wanna, if you're going to make this investment of your time and effort and money, let's make sure it's worth it. And your practice time is how you make it worth it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the psychological side of this. I mean, we know what we need to do nuts and bolts wise. And we've talked about preparation and fundamentals and all those things a lot. And we can go back to that. But I think some great advice here is to consider this audition within the context of your whole life, too, right? Like, I mean, just just to give it context, I mean, it's important to you. There's no doubt about it because you're trying to get into school. You're trying to win a job or whatever it is. But but the process of an audition or doing a recital or whatever it happens to do is a big deal. But compared to other things, it's not. Right? Okay. Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, two things. If you're taking an audition quote, for the experience, you are not getting anything out of it. It's a cop-out before you've started. I've had mm-hmm. students say, well, I'm, you know, I'm just going to take this kind of see how it goes. I'm like, no, 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 no. You take an audition with one idea of, I want to win that audition. Now, right. yeah. how, and I don't think this means it's a life or death, you know, that kind of winning or losing sort of thing. But mm-hmm. the idea is, I'm going to give my all to do my best to try and, and do the best I can on that audition. Now, if you do that, and don't get the job or don't get the placement you want, that's fine. Then you've gotten real experience. Right. That's right. how you get the experience. You get the experience by taking that honestly. So uh, I, I agree with what you said, Bill, but I want to make sure that that doesn't mean you don't take it seriously. Because, like, no. you know, when we do, we do chair audition, you know, our, our, our placement auditions here in the fall and in the spring for bands and orchestras. And so that means, you know, how you play in that 10 minutes is where you're going to be sitting for a semester. And, you know, sure. that's a lot. And uh, students take that very seriously. And we take it very seriously when we're placing and we want to put together the best sections and the best place for the students. But boy, there are sometimes students, you know, don't, they, they don't play well and then they're upset. And I'm okay with them being upset because they didn't play sure. well. That's fine. But that means mm-hmm. they took it seriously. But it's not the end of the world. You're still going to be in a really great group. You're still going to, you still have the opportunity for a really good musical experience. Absolutely. Yeah, where, where I'm coming from is this a way to quiet your mind in terms of, right? going in to do this audition process. Of course, it means something. Of course, you want it to work out. But in framing it up with the rest of your life, it doesn't need, you know, do anything you can or think about it in any way so that you're not trembling, you know, and shaking like a leaf when you walk in there, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, you know, to try to just put yourself in the mindset of this is what I do. This is this is the business I'm in. I've done my preparation. I'm ready for this. Yeah, no one will live or die today based on how I play, but it is important. But to try to develop whatever you can in that mindset so that you're not, overwhelmed by all that other stuff and you can go in and do your job that's right that's no i absolutely agree from. with that but i do want it to it should mean something to absolutely. you absolutely yeah but at the end of the day if everything goes absolutely wrong you're still fine it well, says I, nothing know, about you as a human being it says, it says nothing about and you can still have a great life none of those things that's absolutely true well, I, I love your approach to this with students, and I've actually been present when someone has called you and you've said, oh, hang on, I've had so-and-so doing an Army audition today, right? Yeah. And I've heard you pick up the phone and say, yeah, okay, how do you feel about what you did? Like, they want yeah. to jump into it, and you, you very quickly bring them back around to, what are the real goals here? Like, right. did, how did you do you what play? you wanted to do? Right. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you can absolutely have your best day and not get the result you want. Right. That's absolutely think, because because when oh, you're yeah, taking auditions, right. When right. you're taking auditions, you're only in control of your performance to a certain extent. Right. Uh, now, <laughs> you're not in control of what other people uh, perceive, how they perceive it or what they're looking for. So if you play your absolute best, then you got to walk away and go, all right. And if you don't get the result you want, you're like, OK, all right. Now I know to and now we just move forward. That's it. What's well, It's interesting to apply that now, right? Apply your questions ahead of time, right? Which really provides a really healthy context to taking an audition. What's the ultimate goal? You want to feel great about what you did. Yeah. Like you that's what you want to walk out of there knowing that you did the best that you can do. Okay, well if that's my goal, then what do I what can I do to set that up? 
you know, right. to consider those those after questions before you even start, I think is a great way to do it. Which is why yeah. when students don't play well and then are upset, I'm okay with that because I think it's okay to not show your to be upset that you didn't show your best off. Yeah. Right. And if yeah. you didn't show your best, then okay. Well, th now let's talk about your preparation and how you got there. Yeah, it's right. a chance to reevaluate what you did in the weeks leading up to that mm -hmm. right. performance. So great segue to this. Uh, let's talk about the days leading up to the audition. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I want to say this is a really great story from when I was doing my master's degree. And one of the faculty members was getting ready to do a faculty recital. And he said, well, I'm going to, you know, recitals on Saturday. I'm, uh, that's it. I'm, I'm kind of done with the beer for the week. I'm not going to, I'm just going to taper <laughs> off. And, and, um, and the other faculty <laughs> member says, why would you change anything right <laughs> you know like right. this guy was like well i'm gonna get really healthy now with a week left i'm not gonna have any beerling of the recycling he goes you you do this every day why would you change something you do every day <laughs> and I, it was i mean that was a real funny moment for me but a real telling moment too like it's interesting right yeah but to think in that level of detail is also really important right well, Especially like, uh, you know, we have students that take a lot of uh, military band auditions or, mm -hmm. or even orchestra auditions. And there are times that in what they're used to doing, showing up here at school, going into a nice big practice room and playing, you know, uh, with an open bell uh, for an hour is a nice getting ready and practice session. Well, when yeah. you wake up in a hotel room and you need to be over at this place at 9 a.m., now suddenly, oh, wait a minute, the only way I can play is with a mute and I'm limited on time. And then, wow, I didn't really feel comfortable when I got in the room. Well, of course not. You didn't set yourself up to be comfortable in the room because everything changes, right? So you do need to keep all those things in mind because you're talking about changing your entire routine and expecting everything to go just well, just as well. It's not <laughs> exactly. going to happen. Right. This is where, where you can get a ton of experience just in your first audition, showing up and going, oh, wow, this isn't exactly how I expected it to go at all. Yeah, and, yeah. and then and that can throw you. Yep. Can absolutely yep. just throw you. I remember um, right out of undergrad school, um, President Zone had an audition. And we had just had Barry Stoner was a cornet player with the band that time was an IUP grad. And he was out doing a guest solo thing with us in the spring. And he's like, you should really come take this audition. I think he was just being nice to me in <laughs> retrospect. He was, he was clearly just being nice to me. So I went. It was an amazing experience, right? And actually went, stayed at his house. My dad and I went. We stayed at his house. He took care of us. He drove us in. It was phenomenal. I remember like the day of the audition where we were going to have lunch or whatever it was before we left. And he goes, well, this is usually what I eat before I go play. And I was like, oh, oh, he thinks <laughs> about that. Right. Yeah. Like I never thought about that. Yeah. I was an undergraduate. I was eating like sheets, hot dogs and whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wasn't worried about what I was eating before I was playing. And he's like, yeah. no, I usually do this. It's pretty light. And then I do this and I drink this much water and I do this. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah I don't think any of the people winning auditions these days are, um, I don't think it's an accident, <laughs> right? I don't think they're just leaving chance to the wind. I think they're very meticulous about their preparation, how they spend their day. Did you say leaving chance to the wind? I think you mixed your metaphors. I probably did. <laughs> Look, I'm not you're sure. Not that, is that a British phrase? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about being in that situation and like the, the kind of daily preparation it takes and. Right. You don't leave anything to chance, is what I meant to say. Yeah, I think yeah. that's it. But Brian, you've never been the sharpest bulb in the knife drawer. That's true. <laughs> but but uh, that's a little weird for you. Yeah. Apologies. Wow. Look, this yeah. isn't this isn't rocket surgery. But come on, there it is. <laughs> no, I usually say it's not Coltrane. It's not that complicated. Right. <laughs> but I think. You, this is great. I mean, this kind of goes perfectly with our downtime thing. You have an opportunity to think about these things. Like if yeah. you've never done this for an audition, if you've never mapped it out backwards and thought about where you were going to be musically and where you were going to be personally and what you were going to do in the days leading up to the thing, hey, here's a great chance to try it. Right? And let me, this is, yeah. And let me tell you how to start, right? So if you know what yeah. your audition is going to look like and you haven't really gone because you're thinking, well, that's later and you're putting it off, right? Mm -hmm. Today, today, pull it out, map out the audition and say, okay, I am going to play the audition today and I'm going to record it and record it and call it and save it. Don't watch it. Don't listen to it. Call mm -hmm. it day one audition and then start working. Yeah, and, then on, sure. and then on day four, I want you to listen to day one and say, oh, hmm, listen to that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. then record again, right? So, but very regularly, you should be recording yourself playing the audition and then playing it in front of other people. So then you can listen back and get some real feedback of, all right, if, if today were the audition, would I advance myself? Would I place myself? Would I, would I win this audition? <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. And be really mean to yourself on this way. Be honest, you know, but, you know, hold yourself accountable. Yeah. And along with that, I think, uh, and Joe, you already mentioned this, but I think it's worth repeating, is that audition for anyone who will listen, whether they know or not. Like, if yeah. you are going to do that day 15 recording, sit, have someone sit there, right? Pay your little brother to sit there. Yeah, this is what this is what this is what friends and family are for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, would you guys just sit here and make me nervous while I do this? Right. Yeah. You know, as I think, I think it is different, and there's only one way to get better at auditioning, and that's to audition. Yeah. Because right? there's that whole other layer of the audition itself, other than you trying to do what you're supposed to do musically. Those all these other factors that you have to consider, and so maybe don't record in the same place every time you're going to do it. Change. Oh the no, location. do it in different rooms. Yeah. yeah. Just That's keep a great piece of stuff. advice. Uh, think about standing up and sitting down. Which way are you going to go? Because you might be thinking, I always practice sitting down. You show up and there's no chair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Like even right. that can be, oh, oh, wait, what just happened? Yeah, yeah. sure. Right. Because it's, it's different. Right. But Small if you... room, big room, all this kind of stuff absolutely makes a difference. Yeah, this was, this was one of Keith's premises all along was that trumpet playing is constants and variables. Right? Yeah. It's made up of constants of variables. And you want to make as many things constant as possible so that the variables don't matter. Right. And this is where I, I think I just got lucky into a huge advantage when I was young and that uh, I went on the road when I was, you know, 19, 20 years old. And so what, when you're on the road, you're playing a different hall every night. Yeah, sure. So sometimes right. you're in a you're in a big barn playing a four hour dance. Sometimes you're in a performing arts center playing in a really nice, you know, uh, concert hall you're then you're playing outside and you know all those variables but you know what you have to do you have you're playing the same music that needs to be at the same professional level right you know so i did that with the glenn miller band when i was 20 and then i joined the army and you know our, that band was out on the road you know at least 100 days of the year playing one-nighters in high school auditoriums and all over the, in all kinds of different places right. so you know the hall is different every day this is where after i started playing with orchestras i'm like oh my gosh Orchestras have such a huge advantage. You have a home field advantage. Yeah. <laughs> Especially right? ones that get to rehearse in their halls, which a lot sure. of us do. Like you get to rehearse in the space where you're going to perform. Yep. And you have your own locker room right in the back. Everything is as, it's like, wow, this is a good way to go from a performance standpoint. Because yeah. you don't show up and play thinking, well, what's this room sound like? Oh, okay. All right. Let's go play every day. Yeah. So that helps with that variables, you know, so those sorts of things don't bother me. But I think that that's just because I was so fortunate as to have those experiences young. Yeah, and you're, you were should, used to it. Yeah, People should also consider like where they play and practice versus where they're doing the audition. So say that when you practice at home, you're in a large room. So you're in a large living room with lots of wood. And say you go to do your audition and it's in the trumpet professor's studio and it's small and carpeted um you might want to modify your dynamics and your acoustical expectations so I mean, if you're wow. playing the opening of artunian and you're playing really big at home and your your space will take it but a small trumpet studio playing that loud is going to peel the paint back are you, you might wait a minute wait 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 you're talking to us about not playing loudly yeah hold on yes. a second that that's <laughs> the pot calling the kettle brian right there was was that Brian just saying that you might actually consider playing softer? Yeah, which well, and he well, also uh, didn't didn't go with get the gig warming up. I don't get the gig replaced by a pop person. Brian, there's something <laughs> something's wrong today. This I is get the, the job. Do anything. It's in a variety Brian. of venues, from classrooms to concert halls, where you've just played at nine Fs the entire time. Well, I already have the job. <laughs> I'm not trying to get the job. No, but I can see what you want. No, th this is a good point. Like I knew when I was home practicing, the best place for me to practice was in the garage because right. that was the closest I could get to to where I knew the audition would be when I got back to school yeah. in the rehearsal room. It was a bigger room. If I practiced in my bedroom, I was like nothing. Yeah. But I knew that I needed to be into a bigger space because that was going to be more similar. I, had, I did figure that much out. I think that's yeah. what you're saying, Brian. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, Orchestras will um, sometimes they'll hire different players based on the space they're in. Um, 
I, I there's a famous orchestra I know um, where they they hired um, a, pl a brass player um, that did not make a huge sound, and then when mm. they got into the performance situation, the person had to develop a different sound because they auditioned in a pretty small space for the committee, mm. and so the people who played really big, the committee had a reaction. You might want to think about. Um, auditioning for grad schools and undergrad schools in a different way as well. You should play your best stuff. Um, they only want to hear your best playing. Oh, I and uh, I think it's, yeah. I think it's super important to be um, careful about, I mean, you, there are lists you have to, you know, pick within the list, but you should pick it to your strengths and you should show off your strengths. Um, and you shouldn't just play the hardest stuff because you think that'll be the most impressive. Um, because if you slap through it, nobody really wants to hear that anyway. Yeah, right, don't but, overthink it. No offense, no, the, Joey. No, the line you want to find, here we don't have a list. At IU, we don't have a list. And we, right. I tell everyone the same thing. You're going to walk in. We're going to say, hi, how you doing? What would you like to start with? It's not a trap. We right. want you right. to show us your right. best stuff. So if you start with the first movement of the Haydn and you can't play a high E flat, I wonder why you bothered picking that because we gave you every option in the world. So that right. says something about your decision it. making yeah. as well. So, right, when you have the option, show your best stuff. So the line you want to find is you want to find challenging repertoire that you can play great. That's the line you want to find, whatever that means to you as a trumpet player as a musician challenging rep wherever that line is for you that you can absolutely nail yeah. that's what we want to hear I, I actually love when schools don't have a list i don't i don't have one either i, I think it yeah. gives players opportunity to go in and there's a lot to be said about what you pick right it right. shows that you're savvy about the rep it shows that you have great awareness of who you are as a player and there's a lot to be learned from that and i have i list. have students that come here that want to do a bunch of different things including some students who are thinking well like I want to do a lot of commercial work and, you know, can I play a couple of lead parts or could I play this transcription of this thing? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Yeah, let's hear that. Yeah. Where there are other schools where that's just not an option. It's like, you know, play us these six things. And when, you, when you're doing that, get those six things together. And if you can't play those six things, maybe that's not your school. Yeah, right. and, and they've picked those for a reason, right? I mean, there's, yeah. there's a list um, out there for a certain school, it, that's basically a weed out list. Because if you can play their list that you're required to play, you, you're already quite an accomplished player. Well, um, yeah, I might argue with that a bit. I, I think you're, that means you're the type of trumpet player they're looking for. All right. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and you've mm. reached a certain level of proficiency, but that right. doesn't mean there aren't holes other places. Oh, sure. You yeah. know, so what I'm, what I'm saying, I, I think we all agree with, is we're looking for trumpet players that, hey, I want to see somebody that certainly plays well, but I'm not so concerned that they can play this piece or that piece. I'm, right. I'm concerned that they can play the trumpet and are interested in being a musician. Well, th this is the, uh, this is a great point. And this is what all auditions ultimately are about. Um, Mr. Darling asked me this when I was staying with him at Cleveland, he said, you know, what is this list for? And I said, well, this piece is, they're trying to find this and this piece is they're trying to find this. So he goes, Brian, stop. He said, they want to know if you can play the, trumpet <laughs> right so can you play the trumpet well that's and uh, he talked about his audition for for cleveland and he had been subbing with them and recording with them for several years um, when he was teaching baldwin wallace and um he went on stage and he played the, the stuff at severance and then mr zouder came on stage and said jim you're playing really well you're having a great audition now we're going to see if we can use you and uh, he right. put he mm -hmm. put the second second trumpet part to schumann two on the stand hmm. sure. the opening <laughs> Now we're going to see if we can use you. Can you wow. actually play these notes in this time in tune? Right. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Fascinating. Good stuff. Um, Al Bear, tuba player with the New York Phil. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Right? Al, Al was at IUP actually for a time when I was there. Um, All right. Yeah, has had an amazing Back when life was in black and white. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right before we the house fell and it switched to color. Exactly right. And... Um, yeah, so uh, he talks about his audition there, which was just this grueling over and over, going and going and going, until they said, all right, well, we can't make you miss. Hire him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're convinced he can do the job. Right, yeah, so but when we're point, looking yeah. at, at certain, when we're looking at college lists, generally if there's a very narrow list, that means that school is looking for that type of trumpet player. Yeah, sure. 
if you're not that type of trumpet player, that doesn't mean that you can't have a wildly successful career. It means maybe you want to pick another school. And I right. think that's where the three of us and lots of other places agree. We're not looking for a narrow type of trumpet player or musician. We're not. And, and, uh, and, 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 right. that's, and, and that's okay. Because there are mm-hmm. lots and lots of people out there that are doing great things that may not fit into that kind of box. So if you look at a list and go, but those are things... That doesn't mean you can't play trumpet or you're not at a certain level. In the same way that, wow, if you don't want to go play in an orchestra, then it doesn't matter if you can't play Petrushka? Not really. Right. Right. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. That's a great point. You know, there are, yeah. lots of, there are lots of principal trumpet players in major symphony orchestras that can't play Brandenburg. It doesn't I, mean they're yeah. not good at that. doesn't mean that they can't do their jobs great. You know, right. but because th- there are times, and there was, I can think of one time a few years ago when before indie they were in between principal trumpet players, and they kind of went around and said, uh, "Would you do this?" And everybody said, "No, no," yes. <laughs> <laughs> which is how I ended up doing it. But that's the, you know, it's not saying that, and it's not saying anything about you as a musician if you don't fit that particular mold, which is an important thing to remember. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, boy, lots to consider. All right, boys, I think we did a pretty nice job today of putting some things out there that, that should be considered. I hope uh, so. I, I love this idea of working backwards and putting it all together. So let's move on to no offense. If you aren't setting sights on that next audition and taking care of all the details to get ready, you're doing it wrong. Practice the notes, practice the process of auditioning, practice the discipline of taking care of all the details, and use every audition as an opportunity to get better at auditioning. Absolutely. And again, the way to do that, take it seriously. Go at every audition like, I am going to win this. One of my students last year said she wanted to take the uh, London Symphony audition. The first two rounds were recorded. She goes, you know, like for experience. And I said, no, 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 not for experience. <laughs> I want you to win this job. And I want you to think, I want to go win this job, and then I'll have to figure out what to do with school. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. She got past the first two recorded rounds. That's <laughs> so, great. Wow. Yeah. That's know? fantastic. So, yeah. you know, you take that seriously. We're not just going to slap this together and see what happens. And then you have the excuse of, well, I wasn't really trying anyway. There's no experience gotten there. And then you're not really doing the work and holding yourself accountable like you need to. You're not right. going to get better through there. So, yeah, take, if it, you leave take chance it very to, seriously. And if you leave chance to the winds, there's no way you're going to win. Yeah. In the words of Anton Beidinger, <laughs> never leave chance to the wind. Wow. <laughs> and remember to have that extra 7C in your car when you leave oh for the audition. God, the extra 7C. <laughs> oh, my God. That's only if Pete's not doesn't live close to you. If Pete's not there. <laughs> Check your trunk before you leave home. Right. These are all important, important things. Wow. Life lessons. That's got to go on the website tomorrow. Never leave <laughs> chance to the Never wind. Never leave chance to the wind. Anton Vininger. <laughs> no, Anton Vininger. <laughs> Brian Vininger. stole that. It came from Vininger. Come on. Anton Vininger often said, "Never leave chance to Never the wind." Never leave chance to the wind, <laughs> especially if you don't have valves. <laughs> well, that should about do it for today. Stay tuned. Tell your friends and neighbors, and take that audition. So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell.